0: Oh my God, are you sure? This is Tammy, and uh, you're listening to the Jeep Talk Show.
1: You're listening to a 4x4,
2: 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show
3: with Jeep Mama.
4: Are you sure?
3: Josh. Yeah, I not think so.
5: And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit
3: back, strap in, and brace yourself. Today's Jeep Talk Show is brought to you by extremeterrain.com, your off-road outfitter for YJ to JL Wrangler parts and accessories. Stay tuned for an announcement on the latest resource for Jeep Gladiator news and information later in this episode of the Jeep Talk Show. Hey, it doesn't matter if you own a Jeep, have a Jeep, want a Jeep, uh,
5: are a Jeep. Or never driven, driven anything but Jeeps, <laughs> this show's for you. Josh is looking at the show notes going, where is he reading this from? <laughs> Josh, Tammy, and myself are here to inform and entertain you while we talk about Jeeps. <laughs> Hi. Oh, I didn't have a chance to write
3: this. Thank you, Josh. I'm Tony, and I'm the monkey pressing all the buttons. <laughs> <laughs> bacon is beautiful, and I love it almost as much as I love my Jeep. God. My name is Josh, and if you listen to me <laughs> long enough, I might make things a little weird. God bless you, sir, on your stance on bacon. Bacon. <laughs> Hi, my name's Tammy, and I'll do anything for a day off, including getting myself sick.
5: (laughs) Gosh, you know, that's a dangerous situation when you don't show up for work here. (laughs) Well, uh, we kids (laughs) well, kids, uh, because we love, in all seriousness, Josh, uh, what's coming up on this episode?
3: Well, Tony, I'm glad you asked. We've got Keith Ellis from the Lone Star Jeep Invasion. It's their first annual big event, and Keith's going to break it down for us, all the good details, and uh, we'll peel back the layers of that onion here in a little bit. This Week in Jeep brings some bad news for certain Jeep owners, and we'll hear about a non-Jeep owner helping out a Jeeper in need. Wrangler Talk is postponed until our next show because Tammy has the sickness. Contributor segments would be about, well, one thing or another if you people would play along and send us something. <laughs> and Nikki G has some additional questions for our quiz from last week. Oh, this should be lots of fun. We'll stick around. We've got a whole bunch more show coming up.
2: Hey, guys. This is uh, Roger with Muppet um, Geek. So hopefully you guys can hear me a little bit better this time. I tried calling last time after uh uh, pistol pete uh, episode and I was just trying to give you guys props on a uh, great job on honoring his uh his uh his, his life and assignments and everything that he's done um and also I was trying to give you guys props on the on the new intro you guys got going on with g al hussein her keywords and um also I think you guys need to add somewhere on there.
6: Josh talking about her. He's a Kong. So, but anyways, uh, I was, uh, hopefully you guys can hear me this time because last time I was in my truck and I was using my Bluetooth because, um, I was at work. But anyways, you guys have a good week. Laters.
3: Awesome. Thanks Roger for calling in, uh, calling back in. I should say, yeah, man, the Bluetooth just wasn't working out the last time around. We just, we could barely hear you, but thank you so much for the kudos, the props, and everything else, um, yeah, we uh, uh, put a lot of heart and soul into that tribute to Pistol Pete. Uh, God rest his soul. Um, but uh, yeah, a lot of work went into uh, new intro and stuff as well. So thank you for that. And uh, keep listening, buddy. Appreciate it. Yeah, I think it
5: was uh, Roger that I was uh, chatting with. Uh, uh, I saw his message come in. And I told him that, uh, you know, uh, the the voicemail has to be really, really unintelligible for me not to to put it on the show it's it's so important to me uh, to all of us that if you take the time to call in we want to get it on the show because it oh, yeah. it means a lot to us so yeah. uh, thank you for calling back in and clarifying that stuff up but uh, if you guys if you if you if you wonder why we're playing something that's really hard to understand that's why you take the time to call it in we want to take the time and the respect of putting it on the show
1: jeep news national jeep news and news from around the world it's
3: this week in jeep and this week in jeep is brought to you by amazon.com now that we've left that damn cupid and all his chocolate and lacy hearts behind we can focus on the next socially critical holiday mardi gras from crazy wigs and decorations to commercial sized boxes of those beaded necklaces Amazon has everything you need to bring Bourbon Street to its knees. And what's better than having 10,000 necklaces to p- p- pay those flashing co-eds with? By supporting us while you fling cheap plastic for a cheap thrill. <laughs> Clicking on the Amazon icon at jeeptalkshow.com will take you right to Amazon's magical world of online shopping, where anything you purchase will have a small portion donated to helping us provide you with the Well, quality content just like this. It doesn't cost anything extra, and it doesn't matter what you buy. So get your green, purple, and gold on and shop with Amazon and the Jeep Talk Show for Mardi Gras. Hulk smash. No, Hulk saves. I consider myself to be a fairly strong guy. I used to be an athlete. I did a fair amount of weight training and spent a fair amount of time in the gym over the years. I participated in years in extreme sports, and I trained for over five years in mixed martial arts. Needless to say, I like to think that I'm a strong guy, but not 350 pounds of raw powerlifter strong. Ryan Belcher, a man who is quickly gaining some degree of stardom, is being nicknamed Hulk after something he was seen doing recently. Sure, his imposing six-foot-tall 350-pound frame could be considered Hulk-ish, but he's no mean green monster, that's for sure. The 29-year-old powerlifter owns a gym in Yasplante, Michigan, thanks to a strict regimen of working out five days a week, He's capable of deadlifting and bench pressing literally hundreds of pounds, but his muscles were put to the real test when he heard a crash outside of his gym earlier this week. Belcher saw a crowd gathering around two cars, one of which was a Jeep Cherokee that had completely flipped upside down. As he got closer to the crash scene, he saw that there was a man with half his body pinned underneath the overturned vehicle. There were already four men struggling to lift and shift the SUV so they could free the driver, but to no avail. In a recent interview, Belcher told reporters that he, quote, just kind of got tunnel vision, and then he grabbed the back of the Jeep where the window was smashed out and lifted up and just started pushing. Belcher managed to move the two-ton vehicle just enough so the man could be freed. Paramedics then arrived on the scene and transported the man and the other driver to the hospital. Later that same week, Belcher went to go meet the man and wish him a speedy recovery, and their introduction was an emotional one. Belcher says that eight different nurses at the hospital gave him hugs and handshakes, praising him for his heroism. <laughs> the driver, the 36, uh, 36-year-old Mon- Montreal Tinsley, tearfully thanked Belcher for saving his life and insisted that he would visit the powerlifter's gym once he was back on his feet again. Belcher, equally emotional, told Tinsley that he was just happy he was okay. Despite having tubes in his side to drain the internal bleeding, Tinsley is, expect- Tinsley is expected to, to, to recover. Though Belcher is humble about being called a hero, he says that he is happy for his new nickname. I like being called the Hulk. My son's favorite is the Hulk, and he always says, my daddy is the Hulk. So, to say I'm a hero, I don't know. I'm glad to have been there, and I was put there for a reason. Heroics aside, what Ryan Belcher was able to accomplish is a testament to what the human body is capable of. We've all heard these types of stories before. Ordinary people suddenly overcome with enough superhuman strength to pull off something miraculous. He may not be green. But he sure got a heart of gold, Ryan. If you're listening, we'd love to have you on the show sometime. I started laughing because
5: I could, uh, I could just imagine the reason, reason for the nurses giving him a hug. <laughs> and I don't right. think it was, I don't think it was hero worship. <laughs> no, it was. Let me feel those
3: arms, you big strong guy. You, yeah, <laughs> come here. You deserve
0: a hug. <laughs>
3: No, in all seriousness, no. I saw some pictures of this accident. It was quite nasty. The fact that this, uh, this young man is able to have, well, more or less survived the crash, uh, I'm, I'm not sure the extent of his injuries or whatnot, but uh, the fact that, uh, that this man was able to, to get out of his gym and to the scene in time to, to actually do some good and save somebody's life, I mean, it probably made all the difference in the world. Uh, because the paramedics may have had to have wait for you know fire response to get there. They may have had to have you know broken out uh, hydraulic equipment to um to to shift the vehicle to get the weight off. By then the guy could have bled out. You oh, know yeah. so I'm I'm looking at it this way that you know this Ryan Belcher guy s- stepping in with his strength uh, and s- doing what he did is the only reason this guy is alive to this day. So um really cool really heartwarming story and and I'd love to get this guy on the show.
5: I, uh, I couldn't help but think when you were reading about the uh, the, the guys trying to get it off, get the, the XJ off of him, that uh, <laughs> I could just see them, you know, trying to move it. And the guy going, ah, oh, uh, just stop. Right. <laughs>
2: just stop. stop. Already. You're
3: killing me. Literally. <laughs> My eyes are going to pop out. I was, I was wondering that, too, because, you know, I'm picturing four – Four people trying to manipulate a vehicle that has a, a somebody trapped underneath of it. Um, well, you're you panicky, know, Im- you, you and you oh. have to work together, and you're panicky, and it's- and everybody's probably giving directions.
5: Yes. Yeah, no, I
3: mean, it's it, I'm sure it was just an absolute scene of mayhem.
5: Now, if, uh, if, but, it was, if it was Jeepers that were trying to help, there would have been one person trying to lift the vehicle off of him and uh, the, all the others standing around drinking beer and eating pizza going, hey, no, you need to, torque that. <laughs> you need to not,
3: torque that. nut." that's not true. You need to torque that nut. Maybe the Toyota owners. I don't know. <laughs> well, if you own this Jeep, you are screwed. It happens all the time. Vehicles go out of production and parts are usually still made and stocked in order to repair these vehicles later on down the road. After all, nothing lasts forever. Sometimes, however, things go the way of the dodo bird and they are never made again or seen again. Well, this happened recently with a popular Jeep and a feature that was available for it that now that thousands of people own it. Well, what I'm talking about was a cool $1,200 option for the Jeep Liberty back in the day they called the Sky Slider Roof. Its biggest success was in the 2008 model year when Jeep marketed this feature quite heavily. In short, it was a big fabric folding roof that operated like a ginormous powered sunroof. It was awesome when it worked, but over time it (laughs) developed a reputation for being a bit finicky with regards to wind noise, leaks, and, well, outright failures. This recent problem was discovered through an ordinary call from a repair shop to FCA trying to track down a replacement part for a vehicle undergoing repairs. What came from this phone call is a report that will have many Jeep owners out there wondering what the future may hold for them and their Jeep. The report doesn't specifically identify by name which Jeep parts are now obsolete, but a spokesperson from Fiat Chrysler Automobiles has confirmed in the report that part number 68055315AF is now no longer available anywhere. A quick search at www.factorychryslerparts.com shows that particular part number is for the entire sliding roof uh, roof frame assembly and the sky slider roof itself. The spokesperson, this spokesperson, also reportedly said the supplier that originally produced the part is also no longer in business. Oh. Yeah. Multiple media outlets have reached out to FCA to double-check the accuracy of this, and with each inquiry, a spokesperson confirmed that report is accurate and correct. Ordinarily, when something like this happens, the aftermarket steps in with some sort of a replacement option. Unfortunately for this group of Liberty owners, things get worse. (laughs) Apparently, there aren't any aftermarket repair options available. At all. And there's nothing on the horizon indicating indicating hope that there ever will be. So basically, if you own a Jeep Liberty with the fabric skyslider roof and something major happens to it, you now own a Jeep that has no roof. That might be neat for an older purpose-built Wrangler with a weatherproof interior, but the last time I checked, Liberty never came with any degree of weatherproof interior. But regardless, I don't see the kids enjoying trips to school getting pelted by rain or snow in the back of a roofless Liberty. Now, it's not uncommon for manufacturers to stop producing replacement parts for vehicles after a relatively short amount of time. At this point, the newest Jeep Liberty is seven years old, but in a world where the average age of used cars on the road is 11 years or older, well, that's actually on the young side. Considering the problems that existed with the option while the Liberty was in production, not to mention the significance of having an actual roof on your daily driver, um, you know, actually quit, or in fact, there's no repair options available. Well, the Liberty, this really is just um, a sad, sad event for the Liberty and, and the fact that there were issues ahead, you know, back in the day, and it's a known problem. And the fact that they just they discontinued this and nobody stepped in to to pick up the pick up the mark, well, it's it's bad news for all you Liberty owners. Liberty bowed from the Jeep lineup in 2012 after a 10-year production run. There were over 1.1 million Liberties made over in that time, and out of that, over 40,000 vehicles worldwide were made with a Sky Slider roof. My That's goodness. a lot of people that are probably now scrambling to craigslist
5: i wonder if this is something that you can notice on the liberty um because i don't think i've ever seen uh a a cloth top a a canvas top or whatever the i would assume that's what you're talking about is the one that's kind of a canvasy thing that uh would fold back if you were sliding it back it wasn't a yeah um,
3: imagine and it's not doesn't look like the old um you know the cadillac broams with the uh with the you know the fabric you know wrapped roof as it were it's 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 an actual functioning sliding roof, and because of you know, it's the entire roof line um, minus you know maybe a, a two-inch strip on on either side going down. Um, it's it needs to be fabric. It's got to fold in on itself and and kind of you know bunch up until it gets to yeah. the end. Uh, that way you don't have a you know a ten-foot diving board hanging off the back <laughs> of your jeep. Yeah. Um. So you know that's it's all of that you know poses some issues. Yes, there's going to be some leakage issues. You know, it's it's fabric. And after five, six, seven years of being out in the elements and and being driven every day, um, you know stuff is going to shrink and and shift and all of that. I mean, obviously we've seen uh, tons of issues with just the freedom top hard top yeah. on the JKs and um, JKUs. Um, this is fabric and it's got gaskets and other things. It's it's it moves and slides. There's mechanisms. Lots of things to go wrong and if evidently they did go wrong over the years. Well,
5: it's, you know, that's like you say it's going to happen. It's it's definitely going to yeah. wear out. Uh, I mean, people uh, Wrangler owners know that with their their soft tops, eventually you're going to have to get another one mm-hmm. or or repair that's it. right. Now, did you ever see the 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 cloth top uh that was made aftermarket only of course for the the Jeep Cherokee, the XJ?
3: No, I never saw that. Now, my my particular Cher- Jeep Cherokee that I own um has a dealership option um sunroof the XJs were never ever made from the factory with a sunroof, but in some dealerships they were offered as an option uh, that you could pay—I God knows how much. I think I still have the uh, original window sticker. I could look that up, but uh, but yeah, that was an option. Now, obviously, back in, in the 2002, 2008, 2012, um, you know, the Jeep Liberty uh, had this option. It was $1,200, and a lot of people sprung for it. Sprung for it. Probably those that were in states that saw very little rainfall. Right. Uh, you down in Texas, uh, I would imagine probably didn't see that many uh, up here in the Northwest, didn't see that many. Uh, maybe Arizona, California, well, there's probably going to be a lot more uh, density of these things. So yeah. so the, uh, it's
5: the, the top I was talking about was uh, like a canvas top. And it was like what you said, there's probably about two inches on either side of the roof that where this thing connected to went all the way almost all the way to the front. And you could slide it almost all the way to the back, so the entire uh-huh. roof of the Cherokee was open. Now, uh, the only one that I saw this on uh, had a uh, internal roll cage. And, it would have to, and I would think that it would have to because <laughs> yeah. of that roof gives so much support to the whole unibody construction. So, but it was really cool. It's like um, it's almost like a, a, a Wrangler wannabe, you know, because you can take the doors and the top off a Wrangler, but you can't uh, with an XJ unless you're drunk and have a sawzall. Uh, but this would allow you to actually have that open air, uh, feel, uh, uh, with the Jeep. And of course you could always take the, the, the doors off the, the Cherokee.
3: Now I wonder if, you know, uh, going down the freeway at, at, at that speed with, you know, this thing down, if the sides are starting to shake on you, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, started to get some reverberations can't take and, no more the captain yeah exactly <laughs> not top speed of 35 when the top's off you know or tops down <laughs> is it windy or is it me now uh, we used to call these back in the day a sliding rag top yeah um, exactly yeah yeah so i think that's the the more common term for what these things actually are um uh, this was a, a factory option uh if you will uh, but just didn't quite get the popularity and uh uh well I mean the forty thousand units sold. Uh, I popularity. was surprised. I can't believe it
5: was forty thousand. I can't believe the
3: company went out of business. Yeah. I mean you're doing something. I mean you have a contract <laughs> with FCA. Well, you and all a of a sudden you know you got 70- forty thousand people that are going to need <laughs> replacement
4: well, that, that, stuff.
3: Yeah. Seven, ten years later, all of a sudden you're out of business. No, come on, that 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 something something yeah, stinks something, here. Yeah, so there's something I don't strange what- here. Maybe there was a little double dipping in the books and stuff mm.
5: that they caused that. Because you gotta you gotta imagine that if you're in bed with FCA, you got some pretty good business there.
3: Well, if anybody knows what happens to that, uh, happened to that company that was making uh, these, uh, these roofs, well, we'd like to know about it. Yep. Of course, if you have a news tip or response to any one of our stories, be sure to let us know by phone or by email. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how. Hey, coming up here a little bit later in the show, we have an interview with Keith Ellis from the Lone Star Jeep Invasion. Oh, and hang around for Tech Talk. So coming
5: up in Tech Talk, we have some tips and tricks to make your next wrenching project go a little smoother. Uh, Beer and pizza for the onlookers. Always comes back to beer and pizza.
3: (laughs) You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network
1: Podcast.
3: You know, we're always asking you to go check out the 4x4 Radio Network, and it's for good reason. We don't tell you to do something for nothing. Look, there's a ton of great shows there to listen to and check out, besides ours, of course. And be sure to tell your friends about it, too. We've got something for everybody at the 4x4 Radio Network, regardless of what they drive. How about the On the Trail podcast? Trail Chasers is there putting out new shows. Center Steer podcast is a lot of fun, too. We've even got Dan in the 4x4 podcast putting out some great content all the time. And it's all for free. It's all at 4x4radionetwork.com. We'll see you there. Hey, coming up in a little bit later in the show as well, we've got Nikki G. You know him, you love him, and well, this one might throw a little curveball at you. We'll see. You
5: know, Josh, I was thinking uh, we didn't have a Nikki G last week because of a scheduling issue between uh, Nikki G and ourselves. And I, I got this thing in my head about, you know, wherever you see these memes and stuff about safety days. So it was like our safety day count went up by one, but now we're back to zero with uh, the new Nikki G this it's week. It's been <laughs> one
3: week since we've had a Nikki G. No
5: Hey, if you haven't heard, we're giving away stickers. All you have to do is send us a self-addressed stamped envelope. And to find out where to send that uh, that uh, self-addressed stamped envelope, head over to jeeptalkshow.com contact. You'll see how to contact us there. We'll respond with a mailing address of where you can send your envelope with a little stamp and your address on it. Uh, and for a limited time, you can be a JTS ambassador. You'll get more stickers and JTS cards. Now you can you leave the sticker and card under the windshield of, uh, Oh, I don't know. Uh, uh, uh I think one of those new Raptor, uh, Ford pickups would be a good thing to, oh, to leave it on. Wouldn't it? I, I think that'd be great. <laughs> Just write ambassador on the envelope.
6: Hello, Jeep talk show. This is Andy from Western North Carolina. No, this is not Iron Man, Andy, uh, I am the real Andy. Iron Man Andy's first name is actually John. Just some little trivia for you there, but we are good college buddies. And I hang out with him a lot. Anyways, I had a question. I have some rigid, um SRQ backup bike kit. And I have a green, sorry Tony, uh, <laughs> Cherokee. And I'd like to mount them on the top of my Cherokee on the roof rack. But I know I have to go through the body. So my question is, how do I drill through the body? What type of grommet do I need and uh any tips there it would be great um the s r q kit has a uh it's already pre-wired to the light and so there's a big uh junction block on there, and so I wasn't sure how to get that through the grommet and seal it up and keep rain out basically, how do I do it? Where do I go? Any tips you guys got um keep up the great show Thanks.
5: I'm going to jump in here before Josh starts with the uh, soldering connections and uh, getting the proper size grommets and uh, the the Hinway uh, drill press that you need to do all this. So uh, on the Cherokee, they came out with roof racks. They had the the longer uh, rails roof rack, which I'm uh, not roof rack, but the the I don't know what you call that, Josh. The carrier, the luggage uh, those those bars that went across from the 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 slides that were fitted to the, Lug a, to the roof, luggage Lug rack rails, rails or drag, something you. like that. So, yeah. uh, and I can't remember which one you have, Josh, but there some of the Cherokees have the full length rails where it goes almost all the way to the back of the roof to almost all the way to the front of the roof, where the uh, within maybe six inches of the windshield. Uh, and then there's the other ones that are much shorter and don't go that far. So. If you're lucky enough to have the full length ones that get within seven, six, seven inches of the windshield, you can just run the wiring down alongside the inside of that part of that rail They uh, and tuck it underneath the, um, the the gasket that goes around the windshield and ru- run it down to uh, where the, um, I don't even know what the piece is called, the one that holds the, uh, the windshield wipers, or not holds it, but covers the- The cowl? Yeah, is it the cowl? So where the mm-hmm. cowl is between the fender and the cowl, there's enough gap in there that you could put that wire in and just run it straight into the uh, the engine bay. So uh, then the reason why I say this is because I don't like the idea of drilling holes on the top of the Cherokee because well, Josh, you have a uh, the sunroof and you know what it's like to have a hole on on on, on your Cherokee. You're gonna yeah. get leaks uh, eventually. Can you do it right? Sure, uh, but but why if you don't have to? So. I have, uh, LED, uh, I have an LED bar uh, at the uh, windshield, and I have an LED bar uh, on the back just above the third brake light, and I ran both of those lines uh, the way I'm telling you about. I actually ran one line on the passenger side and one land, a line on the driver's side. You have to be careful. You don't want to damage that gasket because you can generate a leak there, but uh, even with those uh, relatively uh, large uh, positive and negative cables, uh, I was able to run it through there and... Unless you're looking at it closely, it, you just really don't notice
3: it. All right, Josh, give us the right way. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I missed it. I can't remember if he said he had a Wrangler or a Cherokee. No, it's a or Cherokee. Even, oh, it is a Cherokee. Yep. Okay. I'm, I, I, know, I, I know I heard roof rack, um, but in, in any event, getting from the roof to the inside of the vehicle is going to be tricky. Um, yes, there are, there are ways to go around it without having to drill and going through grommets that are underneath the vehicle or coming all the way back around underneath the vehicle, in through the engine compartment, in through the firewall, through an existing grommet, back into the cab that way. Um, you're adding about, I don't know, 40 feet of wire <laughs> to doing it that way. Um, so it's not really the best way to do it. The I'd go best wireless. Way to do it wireless would be is, the way to go. <laughs> the best way to do it is to drill, unfortunately. If you are absolutely dead set on having lights on your roof rack, um, and you don't like the idea of fishing wire through seals and and you know trim pieces and and um, you know through door jams and, and stuff like that. You really only have one choice, and that's to drill. Now, um, in the case of Andy here, uh, with this specific light set that he has, well, the wires are already pretty much terminated into the lights themselves. They have a connector on the end of them. Unfortunately, that means Andy has only two choices, either drill a hole large enough to fit that connector through and then you know seal it up after the fact, uh, or he's going to have to cut that wire, cut the connector off, and then basically rewire that back on. Yeah. Now, Andy, if you decide to do that, make sure you leave yourself enough wire to work with on the backside of that connector. You don't want to cut that wire right at the connector and then wonder, well, where am I going to hook this wire back up to? <laughs> Um, so, you know, those, those really are the options. Now, as far as grommet goes, I love rubber grommets one, because well, we're talking about a Jeep here. Uh, we're talking about a lot of vibration and, and especially on a unibody vehicle, there's going to be some stuff shifting and flexing and, and all that sort of stuff. Rubber grommets, will go ahead and seal that up nice and tight. A little bit of RTV or something will help keep things flexible. And, uh, and, you know, you put a little bit of RTV on the wire going through the grommet um, and grommet up that, you know, uh, RTV up the wire going um, going into the grommet itself. Uh, that way you have some RTV in the grommet and on the outside on either side. There's no way water is going to get in through that. Um, that That's really what you're going to have to do. So if it, depending on how large of a hole you want to drill, you're going to have to cut the end of that connector off, um, possibly, uh, or not, and just drill a larger hole. If you drill a larger hole, that means you're going to have to do uh, use a larger grommet. Um, now, you're wanna if you use a rubber grommet, um, it's gonna be a little tricky, but you're gonna need to stretch that grommet over the connector, get it onto the wire first uh, before you f- uh, fish everything through the hole. Um, otherwise, uh, you're gonna have to um, uh, cut that connector off, fish the wire through the grommet and uh, and go on and back your business. So that's the way to do it, man. Unfortunately, there's no real easy way and and way that doesn't involve modifying your body or your top somehow. So, um what i will say is is make sure you measure make sure you pull your headliner and trim down and, and get everything clear so that you know where you're going to actually going to be drilling through there is other wires and stuff that kind of go through um the you know along the the b pillar and c pillar along the roof line of the vehicle make sure you just you know you're not drilling into your dome light wire or uh your uh, you know something like that so uh, hope this helps out, and uh, Andy, shoot us a picture, let us know uh, how your install goes.
5: Yeah, we'd like to hear how it went, and uh, uh, Josh, uh, you know, jump in on this, but I would recommend uh, whenever you do drill the hole and do the grommet, that you go take the wiring down uh, the driver's side A-pillar, uh, because that is where the pass-through is on the firewall uh, underneath the dash, is on the uh, the driver's side. So try, take it down the driver's side A-pillar, and then uh, through that, uh, just punch it through the uh, the main uh, pass through that's that's grommeted, and uh, you're in the engine bay at that point. And uh, then at that, point you'll just need to put a relay in there and a switch inside your uh, your cab. And uh, but all the uh, all the, the power will be running through that uh, that line running into the uh, engine bay.
2: You got
3: tech questions? what uh, do I have? A-
2: we have answers. Oh, that's good. I think
3: I- it's tech talk with Jeep right talk. Now, over the years, we all learned different tips and tricks to make doing this or that a little easier, or to help with cleaning this or that up after the fact. Regardless of what it is or what it's for, anyone and everyone loves a good hack, tip, or trick to make their life a little easier. Jeeping is no exception, and one of the best areas to get some advice on how to make things easier on ourselves is when we're wrenching on our Jeeps. If you own a Jeep and tools, well, then likely they've crossed paths at least once, and likely will again in the future. It's a Jeep thing, after all. In all seriousness, wrenching on our Jeeps can turn into an all-day project with just a single snap of one bolt. And that's where having some tips and tricks can come in handy. They can save you time, save you money, and even some blood, sweat, and tears as well. It all, take, it all, all it takes is for one little piece of advice, and suddenly that thing that you've been putting off forever doesn't seem quite as bad, scary, or intimidating. Over the next couple few weeks, we're going to give you a little bit of these uh, shade tree mechanic hacks uh, that just might help you out in one project or another. Some of these have been around longer than most of us have been alive. Some are more common sense than hack, and others will give you uh, leave you scratching your head wondering how come you never thought of that yourself. So let's get into some of this and see if we can't help somebody out. Last week was the end of our multi-part series in wiring and working with vehicle electronics, so I figure I'll start this tech talk off with a little hack for those out there who find themselves soldering wires on occasion. A few binder clips clamped to your bumper or stuck under the hood can actually provide that third hand you need for many soldering projects. Need to hold that shrink wrap back from the heat? No problem! Can't hold those wires together and solder them all at the same time? Well, These got you covered. You might be surprised at just how handy many common office supplies are for regular Jeep projects. Just be aware that many of them aren't meant to be left in the outdoors, so unless you want a brick of rusty spring steel, bring them back inside with you when you're done. Now, if you're into changing your own oil and that of your neighbors and half the club's Jeeps too, well, then it's all too likely that you've come across a stuck oil filter or two in your day. Sometimes a filter wrench just isn't accessible and the old grip just ain't what it used to be. Well, there's an easy solution grab a flathead screwdriver and pound it through the filter housing. You're replacing it anyways, so who cares, right? Then just spin the filter off with the screwdriver as a handle. It's messy though, so make sure you've got gloves on for when the oil drips down the screwdriver and put something under the filter to keep the dinosaur juices off the pavement. Now this is one of my favorite bits of advice and it saved me on a couple of jobs before. When changing any fluid, always loosen the fill port before draining the fluid. The last thing you want to do is to drain, say, all of your transmission fluid, only to find out that the fill port is stripped or cross-threaded and can't be removed, leaving you with a dry transmission. It's better to have old fluid than no fluid, I always say. That's very solid advice for anybody who would prefer uh, to avoid an oh-crap moment when replacing their transmission or transfer case fluid. Now, Here's one that involves a little math, but don't worry, there's no actual numbers involved in this one, but it does involve something that you'll want to remember. If you don't have a breaker bar and you're trying to get a seized bolt or nut loose and you've been yanking on your box wrench with all your might to no avail, then grab another box wrench and link it on the end of the first one. Using a second box wrench hooked on the end of another box wrench will give you lots of extra leverage. Remember, torque, which you need to remove any bolt or nut, is equal to force times distance. There's the math. So why try with all your strength to increase the force part when all you have to do is just increase the distance part. Ah, that's what we call working smarter, not harder. Now, I like this next one because it gives you an excuse to go buy more tools. And, well, that just tickles me pink. <laughs> now, if you've got a bolt that doesn't thread easily into or out of a hole, well, then likely there's a problem with the threads. Save yourself some time and trouble and just fix those threads with a tap and die set. If a bolt is difficult to get off or is rusted or has Loctite residue on it, chase the hole with a tap, and run the bolt through a die. Cleaning up the threads will not only speed things up when it comes time for reassembly, but will also increase the clamping strength of the fastener, and you will have less likelihood of galling threads, cross-threading, or even breaking the hardware itself. Now, if you need to use any amount of strength to screw a bolt into aluminum, and you are not actively using a torque wrench, stop it. Back the bolt out and chase the threads with a die. You're going to thank me later. And I'll thank you for turning in next week when we continue our list of wrenching hacks.
5: You know, cleaning out those uh, those threads uh, is a especially important thing to do whenever you're torquing down a head because you definitely want to make sure those those bolt holes are clean. There's no oil inside them. You don't want any hydraulicing going on because you're trying to get it crack
3: your head. Yeah, you're trying to get those
5: those bolts torqued properly, and anything in its way uh, can throw that torquing off. So. Uh, it, it's a, it's a good habit to get into. I need to get a good, uh, tap and die set. I have a, a little bit of, uh, of one, but
3: not the other. I need to get a full set because what you're
5: talking about is doing is
3: really good to do. And I'm going to recommend this to anybody out there. If Unless you're like into some serious fabrication or you're, you're like, I mean, working as a mechanic, um, you don't have to spring for a good tap and die set. Really, honestly, your most basic tap and yeah. die sets from Northern Tool or Harbor Freight or something like that, will be plenty for your average everyday shade tree mechanic, your average jeeper. All you're doing is just cleaning things up. You're not actually cutting metal here. So all this stuff is, is just <laughs> a, well, a fancy uh, wire brush, if you will, um, cleaning up threads the right way uh, and, and not having to spend a fortune doing it either. And that's what it's all about, saving that money for something else.
5: Yeah, if, if you're cutting metal, you've picked the wrong uh, tap or die. <laughs> now right. <laughs> hey, have you seen that uh, that meme, Josh, that uh, shows uh, the, the two boxed-in wrenches uh, end-to-end like that? You know, there's a special trick thing. It's like a Chinese water torture thing. You got to get those th- in there linked just right so it, it'll work. Um, there's only two ways but it always seems like i, go, I have to go three different times before yeah, it's I get kind of it right. like
3: putting the usb connector yes, in. you always gotta yes, you know, exactly. turn it 180 degrees three For, or four times before you get it right
5: yeah but the, <laughs> the meme is uh, uh women if you walk into the uh, the garage and you see your man doing this with his wrenches back out slowly Just turn
3: around <laughs> turn around <laughs> he's not in a, in a good place country, <laughs> there will be cussing <laughs> yes <laughs> That's good advice right there. Well, anything to add like Tony just had? Maybe you have a question for Tech Talk or want to throw your two cents in. Just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and send us a message. Who knows? You might just get your stuff answered or talked about here on the show.
1: (laughs) Mate (laughs) 5. Hey, Jeep Talk Show. It's Nate. Just calling in after listening to your quiz in Wrangler Talk on episode 372. Uh, By the way, I got a 9 out of 10. And a DJ, which you guys didn't know what it was, is the old postal Jeeps they used here in the U.S. in up to like the late 90s or whenever they finally went to those van-looking things they have now. I think the uh, the common lore is that DJ stood for Delivery Jeep. Um, and yes, the irony is not lost on me that my automatic transmission failed, not, what, two weeks after I was on the show talking about automatic and manual transmissions. Uh, If you want more info about what happened to my transmission, I talked about it a bit on a couple of videos on the SWB Crawler uh, YouTube channel. So, if any of you have a rich, eccentric, Jeep-loving uncle, please feel free to send them my way. I have started a GoFundMe because money being what it is, I don't know how I'm going to replace this transmission in my current state. And uh, as luck has it, I'm depending on the Jeep to get to work, so that kind of sucks.
5: Well, uh, yeah, I hate to hear about that, Nate, but I think it is uh, Murphy's Law that whenever you talk long and hard enough about something, it's going to uh, fail on you. <laughs> so uh, I, I don't know, Josh. It's a, it, that's a horrible thing to have to deal with. I was really surprised uh, in chatting with Nate uh, and doing a little research that the, I think I'm getting this right, the 42RLE transmission that failed in his, uh, in his LJ is a piece of crap. Good God, those things are horrible! From everything that I've read online about it, you know there are actual transmission shops that will not rebuild them, um, and and the only thing I can come up with is because they don't want to lose money having to rebuild it and rebuild it and rebuild it.
3: Yeah, I've I've heard that too. The uh, I think it's the Ultra Drive or something like that was the uh, the the street name for for that that transmission, uh, and they did have a, a whole laundry list of problems uh, that came with them. Now, I mean, some of them were. Um, you know, rock solid. Um, but uh, someone would get stuck in second gear. Um, would randomly downshift. Um, you know, with you know, just just randomly downshift. You know, to be like, oh, I don't want to be in this gear all of a sudden. That's weird. Um, yeah, you know, harsh harsh shifting and stuff. I mean, just uh, just a bunch of stuff. Overheating issues. Uh, f- uh, low fluid with um, you know, no explanation, no leaks. You know, just really really weird stuff. And I mean, I've seen it all with these sort of things, and uh, and it's a shame because, you know, it's not really an easy solution or an easy mod to switch that out um, for something else, you know. Yeah. So it's uh, it, it kind of leaves you with a nice, big, fat repair ticket.
5: You know, I, I found through, uh, again, chatting with Nate online and, and researching some of this stuff that we were talking about, that the, the biggest uh, replacement for the 42RLE is the AW4 out of a Cherokee. And yeah, the AW4 actually,
3: is actually a, a very strong yes. transmission um, uh, that I'm surprised that, that you know, well, I'm not overly surprised. I mean, it's uh, the fact that you need to have a six or an eight-speed transmission nowadays is just a, a sign of the times. Is the, the only way to get the EPA standards, uh, the right. fuel economy that they need, is to have all these extra gears. So you can't do that with a four-speed transmission uh, anymore. Uh, it needs to have eight. Apparently, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so. Well, hey, it was good enough for my swim back when I was fourteen. So all
6: right, there you go.
3: <laughs> <laughs> now I love the AW4, and and if you guys do some research on that, uh, and there is a bunch of um, easy oh, reading online detailed. about the AW4 detailed uh, information. You can actually find out some really cool, uh, interesting stuff about it, and and other vehicles it was used in, and and just what it can do, etc., etc., etc. Yeah,
5: I mean, if you're looking to do a swap uh, on your your TJ LJ. And you don't want to put another 42 uh, RLE in there. Uh, the the AW4 is a, I mean, gosh, those things must be 150 bucks at the junkyard. You know, I, I would think they're not not much. I have never bought one. They may be more expensive, but there's so many of them uh, that came in the the Cherokees. Uh, and uh, there's a, a website out there that they go through all the wiring and stuff that you have to do. Uh, you probably have to have another different size uh, drive shaft and a bunch of other things. But, but as far as getting the transmission itself working, it sounded like it was fairly straightforward. If you can uh, crimp some connectors uh, to for the wiring. So uh, I just hated the, I hate that, that Nate's in in the middle of this because his his choices are uh, swap everything over to a standard or uh, rewire everything for the uh, for an AW4 or uh, roll the dice and see how long the 42 uh, RLE is going to fail again. I think he said this one had 120,000 miles
3: on it. Oh, man, that's not enough. Uh-uh. That's too soon. That's too soon. Oh, poor Nate. Well, it's- sorry, buddy. Uh, it sucks, man. It's, uh, you know, transmission issues are are never no. fun to oh, deal horrible. with, uh, especially when it's, you know, something like this. So uh, my my thoughts and, and, and uh, prayers go out to you, buddy. Hey, Josh,
6: this is Matt. Over here at the House of Gong, just want to let you know that your twelve inches back ordered. But that you know your way around gong, I will go ahead and up your order to a fifteen inch and get it right out to
2: you with no extra cost. I know you're going to love it. Yes. Countercut it black for free. Once you see the way this deluxe model swings once you smack it, you'll never go back. Now, I know being a famous guy, you can get any kind of gong you want, but I'm proud that you chose ours. So, thanks
5: a lot. Be seeing you. That is hilarious. <laughs> I was moving some stuff around to make <laughs> make room for the extra voicemail we had tonight, and I saw that, and I was going to delete it off there. I went, you know, this will make a good promo. Well, I'm go moving it over there to the, the promo <laughs> list.
3: Yeah, thanks, pal. <laughs> 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 oh, I'd almost forgotten all about that. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Well, if you are a regular JTS listener, well, you may remember Extreme Terrain's announcement of their throttle-out YouTube episode called Gladiator Revealed Eli Auto Show back in episode 362. Well, today Extreme Terrain has a brand new Gladiator resource to share with the Jeep Talk Show, and it's big, trust us. Extreme Terrain's 2020 Jeep Gladiator News and Parts Specifications page is their complete, unadulterated guide to all things Gladiator. And yes, if you missed the amazing reveal video the first time around, they have included it in their Gladiator guide as well. Don't be mad. Read glad. Okay. Visit the show notes today (laughs) for today's Jeep Talk Show uh, episode and click the link to learn all about the new Gladiator, how it's different than a regular JL, its towing and payload capacities, and every spec imaginable from approach and breakover angles to even wheelbase and ground clearance. Visit extremeterrain.com right now and get a grasp on your gladiator knowledge today. From around the world.
1: Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview.
5: Howdy ho boys and girls, it's the Jeep Talk Show interview. You know, you wait for it every week, you gotta have it, gotta have it. Uh, we're, this week we're going to be talking to uh, Keith is uh, bringing up the bringing us the Lone Star Jeep Invasion uh, coming up on March 23rd and you can get all the information on that over at Lone Star, I'm sorry Lone Star Jeep Keith has been a Jeep owner for over ten years and and has been traveling with Jeep shows around the U S. with his wife, uh, Jeeper wife Andrea for uh, almost five years as a manufacturer of aftermarket parts and accessories. They decided that Texas needed a large family-friendly event that encompasses all Jeep models. That's how the Lone Star Jeep Invasion was born. You can find out more information by visiting uh, www.lonestarjeepinvasion.com. Keith, thank you so much for being with us tonight.
2: Thank you for having
5: me. So, Keith, why in the hell in the big state of Texas... Well, there's lots of trucks, lots of jeeps, a lot of people that are very enthusiastic about their vehicles. Have we never seen a Jeep event?
2: Well, we we do have one that goes along the coast, but it's not very family friendly. Oh, I went uh, there.
5: I went there. My wife made me go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, I've been there, done that. Uh, no, we we wanted something that uh, that wasn't just about uh, uh, you know, lifted this and lifted that. I mean, that's that's great and everything. We want to bring all the Jeep owners in. Uh, it, it's about having fun, uh, conservation, tread lightly. We're we're in a lot of those uh, organizations, and, and we we have a lot of those beliefs.
5: Now, now, Keith, you mentioned tread lightly, which I think is a wonderful thing, and it's really good. It's a good way for uh, Jeepers to cl- keep their nose clean, so to speak. But when I was in my Correct. 20s and I got my first four-wheel drive, it wasn't unusual for us to go rut somebody's yard, you know, a good friend or a, a bad friend. So, you know, what's up with that? That's not very tread lightly. Everybody does that, don't they?
2: Yeah, well, the tickets are getting more
5: expensive. <laughs> yeah, it's, all, it's also really bad when you get stuck. Oh, geez, so I'm oh, yeah. sorry, sir. I was drinking, and I swerved into your yard. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, anyway, you, you guys have uh, been traveling around uh, doing Jeep shows. That's going to have been a very interesting, um, interesting thing. Uh, tell me about some of the folks that you meet while you're out there at these Jeep events.
2: We 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 actually we meet all walks of life, and it, it's fantastic that uh, we we see we see old uh, every race, every every walk of life, uh, meeting people from. We've been as far west as Colorado, and we've been all the way to Florida, and all the way up to uh, Maryland, and it's it's amazing to see people with the the same common interests and the same likes and loves and, and the same mentality. You can sit there, even if you have nothing in common, you have jeeps in common.
5: That's kind of the thing my wife uh, uh, was always confused with me, wh- whether it had to do with ham radios or jeep. And I said, "Honey, people are generally kind of boring in what they talk about. Like if you meet a guy, they want to talk about sports, then they want to offer you a beer. And if you don't do follow professional sports and you don't drink, well, the conversation's kind of over and they're lost." <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh yeah.
5: So and, and if it's, it's if it's jeeps for- or ham radio, I know I have something I can talk to them about.
2: Yeah, and for a lot of the new Jeepers, there's always there's always 10 people in the group that'll tell you how it's done and how it needs to be done if you need something fixed. And and half the time at a Jeep meet or or a group meet, they'll get under your Jeep and start fixing it for you or or show you how to do it. It it's that's the kind of lifestyle this is and and the people you meet, everybody's interactive and and it's just it it's it's a way of life.
5: What's the uh, the biggest event that you've been to?
2: Oh, wow. Um we have done everywhere from the Great Smoky Mountain Jeep Invasion to Ocean City Jeep Beach Week. Um Ohio has some great ones, the, the Ohio Jeep Fest. Um it, it's everywhere Colorado Jeep Girls are fantastic. Uh, everywhere we go, it it's just a big a big get together of of wonderful people.
5: Now, obviously you have a Jeep. What uh, which Jeep do you have?
2: Well, we actually we've had 3. Uh, I had a I had a O2. Um and then uh, 2 Wrangler. Uh, I had a 09 JK, and my wife has a 15 JKU, Willys edition. All
5: right. And uh, the, the most important thing out of all of those, I would assume yours is your favorite. But let's say, what, what color is your favorite Jeep that you guys have?
2: Well, <laughs> mine and hers were both black. I'm sorry. <laughs> that was
5: the wrong answer.
2: <laughs> <laughs> my first one was silver.
5: <laughs> eh, eh, you know it's better than black you know you know how yeah. tammy is she she loves that black <laughs> i always tell her those are more those are more dangerous people can't see you at night
2: right well ha- sometimes that's the point
5: that's that's a good point especially if you're renting people's yards you want you want a black jeep that's uh although mm-hmm. i had a pickup at the time so midnight blue was where, my where? pickup
2: so where, where I went wrong is my accents were fluorescent green so it's kind of it kind of stands <laughs> out it was it was creepy I couldn't see anything except this
5: green flash yeah <laughs> <laughs> so tell me what uh now in your intro it, it says uh, the reasoning behind getting this thing going we just haven't had any kind of jeep evasion or big jeep event family friendly anyway uh in Texas well I really when I heard about this I really expected this to be up in Dallas because Dallas seems to be where everything is and it's, you know, uh, four hours away from me. So it's just kind of like Murphy's Law. <laughs> what, what got you guys to do the, uh, what was the final straw getting the, the Lone Star Jeep invasion going here in Texas?
2: Ma- mainly, mainly we have the, the birthplace, the Lone Star flag here. I mean, this is the, to me, Houston is the heart of Texas. It was the original capital exactly. uh, and, and everything else. I mean, if, uh, if you get a chance to pass General Sam standing, uh, uh 30 minutes, uh, well, right outside of Huntsville, then then you're already blessed. But we, uh, you know, we, we're starting out, we, we didn't know how small or how big this was going to be. Uh, and, and we just wanted to make sure that everybody had a chance. If they're, you're flying in, if you're driving in, we have plenty of hotels here. There's plenty of parking. It, it, it's just an all around. We have plenty of breweries. I had to put that out there. <laughs> um, the, there's, there's, Nothing, nothing you can't do in this area, except so, for climb mountains.
5: So I don't know. Uh, I've I've said this a few times on the podcast, and I'm, I'm sure you're aware of it. That uh, if you're driving, if you're not a uh, you're not native to Texas, this will be something new to you. And if you're driving in the state of Texas, you will need a a handgun. And if you don't have one, we'll, one will be issued uh, to you at the border because we use uh, handguns to signal lane changes here in Texas. Uh, one it- shot for right two shots for uh, left
2: that's that's pretty much the way it is especially uh especially when you go inner city
5: <laughs> <laughs> so um uh, anyway the uh <laughs> now a lot of people may not understand this whenever you talk about flying into texas uh if you've never been to texas it's it's pretty freaking large so if you're yes. like if you're in arkansas or oklahoma and you say oh, I'll just drive down to Houston. It's just right there next to that state. Well, it's about ten hour drive just getting from the border of Texas uh, into the Houston area. Thankfully, right. thankfully, this isn't actually in Houston. It's in Conroe, which is uh, sure. as big and wide as uh, as Houston is. It's not all the way out to Conroe. Conroe is about an hour from me. So, uh, whereas Houston's about thirty minutes. So, uh, uh, how did you come up with Conroe?
2: Well, we we live just south of Conroe, and we did a lot of we do a lot of running around up in that area. Uh, we actually, my parents live up just north of there, and everything. So you know, it, it, it's being that it's the Lone Star Jeep Invasion, we found the Lone Star Convention Center, and we're just you know, that's just that's just the way it is. It worked, but, you know, it worked out that probably, way, yeah. It has worked
5: out well for that. Now, um, the I've never been. I, I've got a buddy up in, uh, up in Conroe. We've had to, to change the engine in my Jeep uh, twice. Uh, one time when I was going to do a fancy rebuild, uh, nice uh, engine, and the second time is putting the old one back in after being refreshed. When I dropped a valve in the uh, the first one. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I've been up to Conroe a few times. Uh, it, it's a it's a really nice uh, nice area, country. Uh, uh, type feel to it, uh, although uh, you guys got a Walmart, so uh, it's not like uh, it's out in the sticks.
2: Right, exactly. We have several Walmarts up there, and then we have Lake Conroe. There, I mean, there's there's things to do all throughout the county and everything else.
5: So this is coming up on March 23rd. Uh, I don't have a calendar in front of me. I would assume that's uh, on a Saturday?
2: That's on a Saturday uh, from 10 to 6 p.m., and uh, we're sponsored by the Montron Conroe. Oh, excellent. And it's it's going to be a it's going to be an incredible event. we uh, we have all kinds of vendors from all over the U.S. We have uh, great raffle prizes. Let me tell you, there you could almost outfit an entire Jeep in the raffle prizes that we have, and all kinds of apparel and, and everything. It's it's truly amazing the love that our vendors that we've met all around the U.S. have shown to us um, is it, it's just truly amazing. Uh, we have a we have a show and shine. That we're, uh, we have 60 jeeps we're almost we've almost reached 60 jeeps entering already so it, the wow the uh the the time to, to enter is is now because we only have a couple entries left uh and it's sponsored by jtops usa uh we we met them about five years ago and they are truly amazing people they, they're they're just good people so
5: um i'm curious uh have you you've done an event before or this is your first event
2: This is the first event that we're actually hosting. Um, We've done a lot of Jeep groups and and Jeep events and things uh, here in the area that are are tied to groups or, or, you know, just a a bunch of friends getting together. But we really want to bring the entire state and all of our pretty much everybody. But we have people coming from Louisiana and Arkansas and and everything else. We just want to we want a big, happy group of Jeepers together.
5: Um, so the thing I was most impressed with was you were, the reason why I asked this was that you, you mentioned off a, a bunch of people that are, uh, a bunch of companies are going to be involved in this. And uh, did you, I, I thought maybe you had had contact with them in the past and that's why they were so receptive to, to helping promote this Lone Star Jeep invasion. Uh, was that the case or did you just find that you told them about it and they said, oh, hell yeah, we're in uh, type attitude.
2: A lot of the events are and and a lot of these events are are great because uh as we travel, they'll have vendor parties and and pre parties and things like that where all the vendors get to meet uh each other, you know not just setting up you know a lot of times we feel like carnival folk where we just set up and tear down and, <laughs> yeah. and you know but but doing this you 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 know you you tend to meet a lot of people and and you know, see their products and see what they're installing and see what they're doing and, and we've really we've really met a lot of cool people. It's it's been a, a, a pretty much our pleasure. In fact uh we, we were we were talking to one group and they they were they were kind of on the on the fence about it and then we were at an off road park and they pulled up behind us and went through a run and we were waiting for everybody and started talking to them and go, Oh yeah we called you and they said, you know what? We're in. <laughs> so it was—it was amazing.
5: So it's um, hobnobbing. It was the hobnobbing that it, got it, all these it, people. And in. it
2: is—it's getting—it's <laughs> getting out there and helping other people. And you know, keepers and these these vendors and these companies—they're keepers also, mm-hmm. and they've gotten a chance to to get out there and actually wheel with their their the people who are buying their products. And and they're out there, you know, they're out there to help us. We help them; they help us.
5: Yeah, that's great. That's the way it should be. That's kind of the way the, uh, the Jeep family is, too, as you were mentioning earlier. So um, uh, this is really cool, and I'm glad to hear that, that companies are, are willing to jump in like that. I know that uh, quite often when we reach out to, to get interviews, they're like, yeah, sure. I mean, uh, uh, big name companies, too, have jumped in uh, on, on these little, uh, little dinky podcast interviews. So uh, we really appreciate that, uh, that type of uh, interaction. So uh, let's uh, – I'll, I'll question you to death, but let me get back to the, the thing that I'm sure the folks want to hear about, the Lone Star Jeep invasion. Now, you mentioned about getting in on the show and, sign, show and shine and uh, getting signed up and stuff. How do they go about uh, finding out more information about uh, where this is, uh, how much does it cost, getting in on the show and shine? I, I, would, I would imagine it's all on the website, but I want to make sure that's correct.
2: Everything is on the website. And we also have a Facebook page and everything, but they can go through the event on Inf- Eventbrite, which is where they get tickets and where they can actually buy uh, the show and shine. Two tickets come with that, uh, a shirt, and the winner. The the four prizes that we're doing, the trophies are going to be amazing. Uh, they're we just sent them out for paint, and it's 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 a huge. It's going to be great. Trust me. We're we're not. We're, it's not a hush hush right now. I got slapped. Um, <laughs> but it's it's going to be it's going to be a lot of
5: fun. You're in the wrong place to have it hush-hush, man. So, right, uh, I, I know. I, I'm hoping you went with my suggestion and sent those out things out for red paint. Uh
2: they're going to have red in it I and mean, they're going to have blue and white also. I mean good say We save. We, 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 ble- <laughs> we bleed red, white and blue here, you know.
5: Exactly. So, uh, in your intro I was uh, uh, read there about the uh five years as manufacturer of aftermarket uh, parts. What kind of things do you guys do?
2: Well, <laughs> Crazy enough, five years ago we 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 were jeepers and and we loved going out and getting dirty and everything. And we realized all these companies are decorating their jeeps and, and all the aftermarket parts and everything, and nobody was decorating the jeeper. So we started making jewelry and shirts and everything else. And now we're we're doing tailgate covers. We're doing. Uh, we, we went out and bought a laser cutter. We now have oh, a goodness. water jet, and it's 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 pretty much taken over our lives and we love it.
5: <laughs> so, the water jet, I've seen stuff like that, you know, uh like on how it's made and stuff. I love that idea. Water that's it's like the ultimate water pick. You just got to be really careful with your teeth on it.
2: They they actually uh they actually give you a card to put in your wallet that says if if something were to happen, to give the paramedics this card that it says it's basically a gunshot wound.
5: Interesting. Yeah, that yeah. that's some that's some badass water <laughs> pressure for it to cut through stuff. Yeah. and I don't want to get too too far off the track here, but what kind of uh, what can you cut and and how thick?
2: Uh, we can cut pretty much anything up to stainless and uh, on the hardness level and up to one inch.
5: My goodness, uh, not not asking. I'm just going to uh, say a rhetorical question here. That had to have really hurt when you're uh, writing the check for that one. Uh, that would be it's, a lot of fun. Uh,
2: I write a monthly check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah,
5: that does make sense. Uh, it's not going to be a one-time thing. All right, I so send a
2: lot of people a monthly check.
5: <laughs> all right, so uh, before we uh, before we wrap this thing up and uh, get all your social media contacts, you kid, get your get your pencils ready. Uh, let's get your wife on here because she didn't want to be on on the interview. She threw you in front of the uh, the charging bulls. So let's get her on here and, and talk a little bit.
4: Hello
5: there. <laughs> well, you, that didn't take very long at all.
4: <laughs> no, I'm right here.
5: Now, now, your name is Andrea, right?
4: Yes, sir.
5: So, I hear you're the brains behind this outfit.
4: A little bit. <laughs> maybe, maybe mostly. So i got a lot of help. Thank so are, goodness.
5: So, are you excited about this uh, Lone Star Jeep invasion coming up on March 23rd?
4: I really am. We we actually started the planning phases, honestly, almost a whole year ago. Um, and so the time that it's getting closer and closer, I'm getting a lot more excited. And just seeing the, the responses coming in and these vendors coming together and everything and just helping us out with the raffle items, helping, you know, coming from... Florida and coming from Carolina. We got Carolina Metal Masters. I mean, we've got so many different people coming from all over the U.S. to this event. And a lot of local vendors as well, too, which I'm I'm super excited about. I mean, we've got uh, Bullprints has been helping us out with graphics and stuff. I and mean, we do graphics, too, but I did third party. Mm-hmm. So, you know, helping the local uh, vendors out and getting them here. It's its amazing. It's, I'm really excited for this event.
5: Yeah, it's really neat, I think, because when you go into something like this, you really know don't know how people are going to respond. You don't know how companies are going to respond. So anytime you get a good response. Now, I'll let you guys know that uh, I don't know what you guys were doing for advertising, but uh, I actually had like three different uh, Jeep Talk Show listeners tell me about this event because I've bitched before about there's nothing happening in Texas <laughs> as far as Jeep events go. And it, uh, it
4: it. sorry
5: no no uh that go right ahead
4: no uh, we, we've been saying it you know like like keith said you know we started our company five years ago and he he kept towing around with the idea about two years three two three years ago and finally last year i'm like you know what let's just do it uh, let's just go two feet in and let's just do it and let's make it happen mm-hmm. and
5: here we are well i'm certain i'm certainly glad that you did uh, frankly, I would have rather it been in Katy because it would be nice and close to me, but, uh, that's okay. I can, I can drive to Conroe. Conroe is a nice big <laughs> wide open area. Now this place that you guys are having it at the Lone Star Convention Center, uh, I would assume there's plenty of parking. It's, uh, like, uh, the, not that a Jeep needs it, but nice, uh, covered, uh, well-marked lit, uh, parking.
4: we have the whole festival grounds, um, at the fairgrounds. So the convention center is attached to the Montgomery County fairgrounds as well. So we have a whole festival area, which is all the grassy area that's usually used for parking, Um, sometimes concerts, and maybe next year we'll see. But um the convention center is, yes, very well lit, but, I mean, it's from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., so we're good there. Um Kickoff party the night before Friday, don't want to miss it. It's at Poppers on the Lake, and we actually got a live band that we're fixing to announce here. Um, Texas Truck Works helped us out with that one, getting a, a band for us. And then we've got the Alpha Party at B52 Brewing. Um, they're excited to have a whole bunch of jeepers just fill up their six acres, seven acres. So yeah, we're we're stoked.
0: Well,
5: that's a good reason to have it in uh, Conroe. They got a lot of open land, obviously.
4: Yes, <laughs> yes, lots of parking. <laughs> so if
5: if you could, uh, I know this is the first uh, the first one, but if you could give somebody some tips, what do you think the the tip would be as far as uh, what to wear, what to bring? Because you never know what to wear in uh, in Texas, especially this time of year.
4: Exactly. This is Texas. And that's, that's definitely one of those those things that I put on my FAQs is, what if it rains? You know, this is Texas. We're prone to having four seasons in a day. So, I mean, it can go from, you know, <laughs> yes. we're doing rain or shine. It, it's on. Um, you know, just expect the unexpected just in case. Bring it all. You know, emergency Jeep top, jacket, ponchos, you know, whatever you need. A hoodie. I mean, Paint top you never know (laughs) just like
5: just like a boy scout come prepared now um now i know this is the the first uh jeep invasion you got more planned are we going to be seeing this annually Uh,
4: this is this is listed as the first annual so this is definitely one that you know we plan on continuing it and and next year i mean very honestly we we've been in the talks about next year already you know two days show and who knows what else could come out of next year's event? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm um, like I said, I'm looking at all the feedback we're getting from vendors and from attendees already, and they're soaked. They are excited. I can't believe we got people coming from Del Rio. From all over North Texas, Waco area, like you said, um, Arkansas, Louisiana, Lake Charles. I mean, we've got people coming from all over to attend this event.
5: Hey, everything's bigger in Texas, and you know, yes, I can think of a, it. I can think of a way you can make it bigger for next year. You can make the Jeep Talk Show your official uh, Lone Star Jeep Invasion podcast.
4: Hey, whatever works.
5: <laughs> <laughs> well, you didn't, you didn't hang up, so that's a good sign. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I don't know if you need to switch back to Keith or if you have the social media where you guys, uh, where the, the, all those social media kitties can find you at, uh, just uh, rattle them off like the Instagram, your Facebook, uh, et cetera.
4: Yeah, uh, we, we have Instagram. So I'm on Lone Star Jeep Invasion at Instagram. Pretty much it's, it's me. Anytime an email comes through, info at Lone Star Jeep Invasion. If you have any questions whatsoever, I'll be happy to help you out uh dot com and in the facebook look up Lone Star Jeep Invasion. Um we have all four events listed on on uh, on the calendar so for the kickoff party the main event the after party and unfortunately the convoy which is now booked up so, and then uh, a lot of the admins i mean i appreciate a lot of the admins that have been helping out you know promote the event as well too and all the groups that have signed up so as, as we do registration, we've been having uh, people list groups, and there's a lot of people that are individuals, no groups, looking for groups, just all sorts of people coming in. So uh, I
5: did want to ask one more question. Are there any restrictions uh, th- to be in the, the event? I mean, you know, the, Texas is definitely a concealing carrier or open carry state. Do you have any restrictions on firearms, bringing in your own uh, food, alcohol, et cetera?
4: Um, no outside food or drinks. We the low Star Convention Center has their own concession facilities. Um, No, prefer you know we prefer not anybody to tailgate. You know the vendors are here to meet with everyone to talk with anybody about what they've got coming up, what they've got going on, and everything too. So we definitely recommend you know everybody check out the vendors because um, they I mean they drove from they're driving from all over to to meet with us. You know us the Jeep or us the people. Mm-hmm. Um, But pets are allowed, um, as long as they're on a leash or in a carry bag or something, um, keep them with you, clean up after them. Um, The raffle is inside the convention center as well, too. So definitely, you know, you'll want to get your pass to check out all the the cool things that's going on inside. We have an RC course going on, and um, one of the groups is helping put that together, and they're super excited about this RC course. I'm excited about the RC course.
5: Yeah, I can, there's a lot of uh, folks out there that are uh, are into the RCs. I like it when they try yes. to fool you uh, on the Facebook page, you know, where they post up a picture and they try to yes. get the images just like it's like real or something. Uh, wait a minute, that looks those tires look way too big for that Jeep. <laughs> <laughs>
4: the way it rock crawls, just kind of leans. yes,
5: flex, yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. No, I love it. Yeah, nothing against Keith, but I've had much more fun talking to you, Andrea. So, uh, <laughs> with this, pass along to Keith. Thank you for uh, for setting up the interview with us, and thank you very much for jumping on the uh, the call with us and uh, have a uh, a great event. And uh, as long as my Jeep doesn't break, but again, between now and then, I'll be seeing you guys out there.
4: Tow it out. You'll be fine.
3: <laughs> have a great night. <laughs>
4: thank you. You
2: too. Thank you.
3: Big thanks again to Keith Ellis for taking the time to talk about the Lone Star Jeep Invasion and for, uh, well, persuading his wife to uh, hop on the phone as well. Now, I do not envy them at all. I know a little bit firsthand experience of what it takes to uh, organize and put on an event. Not quite one of this size, but uh, but the all of the hoops they're having to jump through and stuff, I have had a little bit of a hand in myself. And these people are taking on one heck of a challenge. Putting on the first annual Lone Star Jeep Invasion should be an epic event. You got to go check out the website. Go check out their Facebook page. See everything that they're doing to put on this amazing event and everything that's going into it. If it's is going to be as big as I think it's going to be, next year is going to be huge. So, uh, great, great interview. Thanks again, Keith, uh, for taking the time to talk to us. And, hey, if you have an idea for a guest or if you work in the off-road industry yourself, maybe you know somebody who does. Maybe you would like to be a guest on the Jeep Talk Show. We'd love to have you. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact right now and share your idea for our next great guest. Who knows? It very well could be you.
5: And if you didn't catch it in the uh, the interview, I am planning on being at the, the Jeep Invasion uh, March 23rd. So uh, if you uh, are local or you're driving in, flying in, whatever – uh, dropping being dropped off from uh, low Earth orbit. I don't care. Uh, look for me. Uh, look look for me on social media. I mean, as long as they've got uh, decent uh, internet access out there, I'll be uh, posting up pictures, and there'll be ways that we can uh, uh, get uh, get together and maybe uh, pass a, a nice uh, shiny new Jeep talk show sticker to you hey coming up next week president and ceo of jeep jamboree pierce Ooh. is going to be talking to us now we've talked to pierce before um, i think it was 2014 so it's oh, long wow. overdue to uh, get an update of course pierce wasn't ceo at the time and i i thought yeah, that I probably, say, he's,
3: he's gotten a raise since the last <laughs> time on the show
5: i figured that's why i wasn't getting a hold of him <laughs> Because <laughs> I've been trying to get him for a while now. And, oh, he's a big uh, deal now. Yeah. You know, he uh, have time for us, uh, small folk. <laughs> this podcast? Oh, gotta be kidding me. <laughs> so uh, I, uh, I got paid a private eye for some pictures, and now he's going to be on the air. <laughs> he's a good sport, I hope.
0: From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G, and I want to give a quick shout-out to Logan. I love it when you call in, man. Keep calling in. And uh, FM Jeeper, if you're looking for another child, I'm available for adoption. About your Jeep quiz, guys, uh, you left off a few important questions, I thought. (gasps) The average Jeep has how many fluid leaks? A, zero, B, two to three, or C, all of them? The correct answer is C, all of them. If you answered A, zero, then uh, you got to check your fluids. They're probably empty. And question two. How can you tell if a Jeep has an expensive lift kit? A, look for the company logo sticker. B, look for the sales receipt on the front seat. <laughs> or C, just wait five minutes. The proud owner will tell you. <laughs> yeah. Question three. The average jeeper knows, A, how and when to use four low, B, how important a jeep wave is, or C, the location of every harbor, tool, and freight on the planet Earth. <laughs> and the correct answer is C. Of course. <laughs> All right, boys and girls, I'll uh, chat to you later. And you have a good one. Bye. Yes, yeah. I think when he takes a week off He,
5: he gets recharged And it's a little, little, bit, a little bit better of a, uh, an offering
3: Now see on that last one <laughs> I was going to go with D All of the above But that wasn't an option I right
5: can now. see that, yeah
1: <laughs> You must have needed this Every day I
3: need it It's the Jeep Talk Show's Must Have Stuff Pick of the Week For your Jeep now, ordinarily, we go ahead and skip a week every so often before we uh, bring out another uh, pick of the week for your Jeep. Uh, this week, we don't have Tammy here uh, doing a little bit of, of a Jeep Mama review. So I thought I would pull one of these out and and share it with you guys. Now, uh, there's an old trick that you can use some old carpet or your uh, vehicle's floor mats to get unstuck in the snow and ice. And, well, there's still still plenty of that around the nation. And you've undoubtedly seen these fluorescent orange or green new board-style auxiliary traction devices, which use the same principle of temporary traction, but are a lot more durable than a floor mat in case you get stuck in something more harrowing than a little snow and ice. Now, all of these, regardless of their design, have raised tracks to help prevent vehicles from spinning on snow, sand, mud, or ice, or whatever. There's no towing or pushing required, and They're made from UV-stabilized materials. And if the $300 price tag of the Max Tracks has you cringing, then we have a solution for you. It's called the X-Bull Recovery Track Kit. And uh, they they have a, a bunch of generations. They're on their third generation now of these things. And the ones that I've picked are olive green instead of fluorescent orange because who wants a giant fluorescent orange diving board hanging on the side of their vehicle? Um, they're 118 dollars, uh, including free shipping from Amazon. Uh, so you know you're going to get it and get it good and get it fast. Uh, and well, that's a lot better of a price tag than 300 plus for something else. And uh, these things look just as good. Uh, apparently have just as good a reviews. Uh, well, and they're well, they got six handle locations, plenty of tie down points to secure them to your roof rack or wherever you're storing them. And they even come with a grab bag to keep them. Uh, from sliding around the vehicle. So uh, all that and a link on our website as well. Now that you must have Expo recovery tracks for your very own, we're going to make it easy for you. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com and look for the link in the show notes for episode 373. What do you think, Tony? Would you ever put a, side, a set of these on your roof rack? I don't know. I, I like the
5: idea of them. Um, I don't have a roof rack, I guess is the... Oh, and that, I, and, yeah, and, and that's I right. a long pause because... I've never been. I wouldn't mind having a roof rack, but I just don't think I would have it on the Jeep all the time. Uh, I'd kind of like to have it hanging uh, from the uh, the ceiling in the garage and just be able to drop it and use it when I needed to. And uh, actually, I, that would probably work out if these were on there uh, because I, if I was going off road, I'd probably have the rack on. There you go. Yeah, the, the, I like these things. I like the idea of these things, but the, you you know I don't know if you you're probably the same way. You would need a trailer, a 20 foot trailer covered uh and air conditioned to carry all and that's just because it's cooler when you go in there uh to carry all the stuff you'd want to take off road with you you'd i'd I'd want the anchor you know so that you if you're in sand or dirt (laughs) so that you can bury that thing and you can winch yourself out when there's no tree around i'd I'd want a set of these i want a spare high lift jack in case the first one broke so (laughs) there's all (laughs) kinds of stuff oh and one of those uh hand winches too you know you need you need all that stuff
3: one of the uh, the ARB lift bags that you hook up to your exhaust exactly you know, to, you know yes. one of those uh, let's go ahead and get a four-post lift as well because you never know if you need to do some repairs you know? yeah yeah <laughs>
5: exactly and you know that ARB uh, airlift thing is great for huffing as well so oh it's a, a double
3: yeah. when, double purchase <laughs> that- <laughs> double purchase when, you when you're all done recovering <laughs> just pull the hose off and have a huff yeah <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, do not do that, <laughs> <laughs> Kids. Do not condone such behavior. <laughs> FM Jeepers
5: covering <laughs> covering yeah. the sun's ears right now.
7: <laughs> hey, this is Jared with Backroad Exploration. And over the past month, I have been binge listening to previous seasons. Um, I went all the way back to like 2015, and I've just been working my way forward. Absolutely love the show. Um, question that I have is if you have any tips for – packing the jeep slash storage solutions (laughs) things like that so i'm running a 2012 jku and i love to go out and camp um, kind of off-road overland style stuff with my family i've got two boys and a daughter and my wife and we've gone out a bunch over the past year in fact last year we spent about 26 nights outside um camping and off-roading and i really need to be able to take as much advantage of space as i can in the jeep So I'm just looking for tips and suggestions on how to best utilize the space for our adventures. Look forward to hearing what you have to say.
5: Well, Jared, you are uh, in luck because we are talking to a former DJ and a a Jeep (laughs) owner. And a Tetris master, Tetris master. <laughs> <laughs> Don't
3: forget that. All uh, comes into into yeah, the geometry,
5: carrying all the DJ stuff from here and yonder in his uh, his uh, his XJ, which you know had, probably has a little more room than a JK, but you know fitting a lot of stuff in a small hole is uh, something Josh has been doing for a long time. You welcome, Easy Josh.
3: Now. Easy now. <laughs> Oh, man, there are so many solutions, so many options we can go down, Jared. I mean, it really comes down to, you know, uh, budget and, and how much you want to, um, you know, modify or, or bolt into or onto the vehicle. Obviously, if, if you're doing a lot of um, backward exploration, um, uh, if you don't have a roof rack on that vehicle already, get one. And I'm talking about one that goes from the front to the back. Uh, the, uh, the racks that uh, incorporate the spare tire carrier into them as well have a little shelf above the spare tire carrier. I, I like those. love those yeah. on the Wrangler. And they're almost a necessity if you're going to be doing any kind of long-term exploration or expedition wheeling and, uh, and you need a space for, you know, things like a cooler or gas tanks, water tanks, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, really one of the most invaluable uh, storage solutions out there. Um, Tammy loves the moldy, uh bags and stuff like that. Um, the, the things that, you know, you can put on the back of a seat uh, seat cover or something like that. You can have a bunch of pouches and and things like that. Um, there are you know other storage solutions. Um, you know from like Tuffy, uh, Tuffy, Security Products and stuff that that provide you know almost turning your the back of your Jku into a trunk. Uh, that you can really stack stuff and and load stuff into. Um, I've seen expedition racks in the back of the JKs as well. Kind of give you some more um, storage options there. Uh, you got ammo boxes that you can tuck into cubbies and stuff. There are under seat uh, options that you can. Ah, uh, have slide-out drawers for, and, and things like that. I mean, really, the options are limitless, uh, and it really is going to come down to your budget and uh, how much you want to drill. Ultimately, uh, I would recommend heading over to like Pinterest, um, stuff like that, looking at some images of what other people have done. Uh, there's some really trick stuff out there that can really start sparking your your. Um, uh, a little bit of your creative juices and and kind of get that you know, oh yeah, I would like to do that, or you know this would work a lot better for my family, you know that sort of stuff. So get out there, do a little bit of research and start you know um, looking at the reviews and and things like that, figuring out what your budget can afford and uh, and what your you know your your tool selection is is going to you know warrant for you to install. Uh, this might be something that you, you know, it, it has to be bolt-on. It, it can't be, you know, drilling uh, or, you know, Velcro only or, you know, stuff like that. Maybe you don't have a big budget and, you know, you, need, you just need a couple roll-up bags or something like that. So, you know, really, Jared, uh, we could spend an entire episode talking about storage solutions for the Jeeps. So, uh, ultimately, it's going to come down to your specific needs and a little bit of research.
5: I don't. I forget what he said in the voicemail. Now, did he say that it was going to be more than uh, himself, more than two people? Because uh, you could. Uh, I, I think you could
3: fold the seats down or take them out, and the Jku would certainly open up a lot more room. Certainly would. Yeah, and especially with a four door Jeep like uh, like what Jared has, uh, it certainly got a lot of room if you take out that back seat. Uh, and in the last few episodes, we've even talked about a bed for the Jku's that's an inflatable air mattress bed, specifically designed for the Jku's. So if you're uh, and you don't want to do the tent camping anymore, want to sleep in the Jeep. Well, there you go.
5: Coming up in a few minutes, we're going to hear a little about some events and, that are happening in your neck of the woods, your hometown, around the nation, and Wheeling, where?
3: Heidi <laughs> ho Woodlands neighbor. Well, you're not driving the XJ. You got a TJ underneath you this time. What's going on here, Tommy? Well, you know, I got those
5: error codes on the, uh, the transmission still working through it. Uh, I really just haven't had time to go out there and uh, try rewiring a connector. Uh, which I think it's just the connector now.
3: Uh, yeah, you uh, you showed some shared some pictures over this last week of of a connector uh, that has definitely seen its better that. days, I man. Believe that. I saw like a one wire almost completely pulled out. One wire has like the sheath pulled off of it, and it's kind of barely hanging on by a thread. I think you might have found your issue. Well, yeah, and unfortunately, I didn't know
5: what the which each connector was because I was certain it was having it was some other thing. It wasn't those connectors I had looked at them previously. And, uh, so whenever I found that one with the exposed wire and by the way, none of them are pulled out. It's just the insulation has come off of them and oh, two of wow. them and two of them were shorted together because you know, those things twist because they hang there in the, the back yeah. firewall. I've got a 98, uh, Jeep Cherokee for you, you folks that are going, what, what the hell is he talking about? Uh, and, uh, uh, automatic transmission, AW four, and they have, uh, uh, three, uh, drop downs off the, the back of the, uh, uh, the harness that's inside the engine bay and one of those uh, one of those drop downs is for the uh, shifter positions, uh, for the uh, you know drive one two three exact et cetera, etc etc. Cetera. Another connector it has to do for uh, is like the neutral safety switch and a couple of other things uh, on there. And then the third one is the one that hooks up to the AW4 transmission. And I was having two errors. One was the input um, speed sensor was having an electrical issue, and the. Um, uh solenoid a was having an electrical issue. So you know what I did I drained and filled <laughs> I oh I drained and filled those things and replaced both the solenoids and the input sensor and that input speed sensor from Jeep is 197 dollars plus Yikes. Times. And then I found this wiring thing. So anyway, uh, uh, this weekend, uh, I've been driving the TJ all week uh, to work. And this weekend, I'm going to be looking at the, the proper connector. And hopefully, that one will show something uh, that, that I didn't see previously. And I'm just going to jumper around it until I can find a connector or replace those connectors with some other 8-pin connectors.
3: Molex. Is the company you want to look at? Molex. I saw
5: those, and I was com. wondering about that. Um, so,
3: molex connectors have been used in, in the automotive field for freaking decades. Um, they they are used in in across the electronics industry, not just in automotive. They are probably one of, if not the king. Of of you know Excellent. interconnects. So you know th- if they don't have a solution, then you don't need one. Yeah, well, <laughs> pretty much. I can just wire the damn thing and cut it anytime I need to r- remove I mean, you, stuff. You likely could. You just use you know some <laughs> quick disconnect connectors if that's the way you want to go. I don't. Email, I, email, I would like to have a proper connector. Or something like that, I'd like but, to replace it with a proper connector, but uh, I even have a dealership
5: looking to see uh, a friend of a friend that is going to see if he can find those connectors.
3: So now, it doesn't have to be. That connector. no, it doesn't. All it, it has I'm to just be to, is an eight pin connector. Any eight pin connector will do. And in fact, some of the uh, the Molex connectors out there, um, you know, that have like the uh, the the multi surfaced. Uh, uh, oh, the O rings, and yeah. seals and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a better solution than what you have in there right now. But
5: five more years, and it's going to be a classic. And I like for it to all be original. Oh, jeez. Of course, it's not. It's all been no I was <laughs> say, <laughs> modified he to hell. that. <laughs> You, you crossed that line a long time ago, pal. <laughs> the, the main thing I'm concerned about is is that I want to make sure that what and, and I'm I'm looking at this stuff online, right? So they have the molexes at Amazon, and I'm trying to look at wire size because I don't want to get something some little dinky thing in here that's you know for like uh, size 18 gauge wire, or 22 gauge wire, which these wires are not uh i mean 22 gauge wire may work perfectly fine these there's they're just sensor uh inputs uh, yeah, i think what
3: you're dealing with is either 16 or 18 gauge
5: yeah i need to i need to actually measure it and see but anyway um uh, that's that that's something that's near and dear to my heart because i can't drive my jeep but but i want to switch gears for a second okay i want to get your opinion and uh and your opinion too out there listening um what do you think about this I, you know, the, we got the TJ, uh, it was, uh, it was stock, no lift, uh, no, no fancy, nothing except they had spent a lot of money on the stereo. Yeah. So <laughs> it hasn't, it is has a nice stereo. That's fine. It sounds good, but I started modifying it for off-road stuff. It'll probably never see off-road, but that's okay. Uh, uh, it'll be ready for it in case I ever want to take it. Cause my wife, uh, very unlikely she would do that. Uh, so I put a nice uh, front bumper on it, uh, a, a decent winch, uh, four-inch lift, uh, some some proper sliders, and uh, from JCR, both the front bumper and the rear bumper, I'm sorry, front bumper and sliders are from JCR. Beautiful stuff, beautiful work, nice heavy-duty stuff. Well, my my youngest daughter saved up her money for quite a while and bought a 2001 TJ. So. I know that she doesn't have uh, the the means uh, that uh, that we have to put stuff on here, so I started looking at alternatives for her so she could modify her Jeep if she so wanted to. And uh, it, the Jeep actually has has a lift and uh, has a lot of uh, aftermarket stuff on it already. Uh, it's got a butt-ugly uh, Smittybilt bumper, one with a stinger that sticks up real high, uh, mm. which, which that's fine if, if you like that type of thing. I don't, and I was advising her to get a different bumper. And uh, she was a little concerned about the price, and I said, well, you know, we went to Amazon and found some sliders that are really almost identical to the JCR sliders that cost me around 350 bucks." Yeah. <laughs> Amazon had something that, again, very similar, I mean, almost identical, for like 180 Oh, wow. And I've installed those on her Jeep, uh, and, you know, I installed the other ones on, on my wife's Jeep, and, and I was really surprised. So, with that under my belt, that experience under my belt, I was going over there looking for uh, bumpers for her Jeep, because she's expressed an interest in, in upgrading the bumpers. She doesn't have a uh, a rear tire carrier bumper on that Jeep, just like my wife's, and I thought, well, you know, before replacing the front bumper with something, because it's fine, it's an aftermarket bumper, it, it's fine, I just don't like the stinger, um, <laughs> uh, I found uh, this thing from EAG, uh, it is a, a very... Seemingly very nice, solid bumper and tire carrier for $369. And you contrast and compare that to like, quote unquote, a
3: proper bumper uh, at over 1200 $1,300. So why is this bumper like a quarter of the price of virtually every other Wrangler tire carrier bumper on the market that we know of?
5: Well, I sent you the link so you could look at that. The only thing I can see is I think that the other bumpers, the more expensive bumpers that I was looking at, uh, was about uh, was three three inch steel, and this one is five thirty seconds.
3: So it is slightly uh, narrower, slightly thinner. Yeah, slightly one- thinner. 0.15625 versus 0.1875 It's
5: like a, a 32nd of an inch, isn't it, or something it's like that? Really,
3: that's it. Yeah. yeah,
5: so it's going to be a little lighter. It's I mean, it's, it's going to be able to take a, 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 as big a hit uh, as a 3 sixteenths inch, but really I'm, I'm kind of hoping that it's never going to be hit. Now, I don't think this is going to be your rock crawler off-road uh, beat-the-hell-out-of-anything no. beat the bumper. Uh, no. and, I, and I think you would expect that for you know twelve to fifteen hundred dollars for for a rear tire carrier. Uh, but I, I went and looked at the reviews. I went online and looked for reviews, mm-hmm. and I even checked out YouTube. And um, our uh, our sponsor, uh, Extreme Terrain, actually uh, reviewed one very much like this under another name brand. Uh, that, that it it really looks identical to this. And um it's like a they consider it a mid-level bumper. It's not your your cheap no tire carrier just a a a bumper type thing. Uh it's a uh it's like the the mid I think it's a barricade is the one that that they sell that looks very much like this.
3: And So this one has has a lot of great features to it. It has uh the oversized D-ring mounts um and for the D-rings. You know, bring, um and, and with the D-rings, yeah. um a really beefy handle for the tire carrier release uh the tire carrier itself is a three position mount so you can um you know adjust it for uh a variety of sizes of tires uh the wheel bearing gimbal for the actual uh, swing away um is is heavy duty using wheel bearing not just a uh, you know like bushings and stuff right. um the only thing that it even has a trailer hitch yeah um now the only thing that i don't really like about this uh, one is is the strength that 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 was kind of a red flag to me but you know i like to overbuild things, and and like you were saying, Tony, it's likely this thing will never see off-road abuse like what you'd see, you know, climbing rocks and stuff. To me, though, it, this seems like it would sacrifice a great deal of departure angle. This has a lot of low-hanging fruit, um, and, and it seems that if if this were ever to be an off-road, uh, you know, an off-road used vehicle, um, that uh, any any kind of um, uh, steep trail system. Um, might want to be avoided because coming down off of a rock or a steep trail on this, you are for sure going to be dragging or hitting that trailer hitch, if not the entire lower third of this bumper. Um, It just seems like a a, a very bulbous bumper that has a lot of excess low-hanging fruit that is just itching to get caught up on obstacles.
5: Well, you know, uh, they do make uh, another one that's like $20 cheaper that doesn't have that little notch for uh, for the spare tire. And, uh, let me, uh, I'll send you that link really quick and, uh, perhaps, uh, maybe I'm wrong. I kind of like the way this one looks, but, uh, I really wasn't paying that close of attention. Uh, I thought the bumpers were about the same thickness. Um, but, uh, there, there's one there and it's like uh $349.99 and it has a much thinner bumper. Which I'm fine with, but I thought that the little notch that's in this, uh, in this more expensive bumper would be nice to actually lower the, the, the spare tire down and have it actually into
3: the bumper a bit. What size tires does she have on it? 33. All right. Is she going to be going 37s? Oh, 37s, no. Then 35s, I, I,
5: maybe, but that would be probably necessitate, necessitate a diff uh, gear change
3: yeah i i would say go with the the, the second bumper uh, that you showed me. um you get all of the same features uh, with the exception of uh, the ability to to hold a thirty seven or forty inch tire um it it virtually has all of the same um you know I'm looking at 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 the hardware on it. i mean the the oh, they're, are identical, yeah, they're identical. The, the, the bumpers is, is identical. Thinner. the swing away is is identical. I mean the welds, everything on this is identical except for having all of that extra metal where it's not really needed. Yeah. So I would say – I will mention, I
5: say, I will mention one thing about the additional metal. Yeah. Uh, and, and you you remember this because you've read uh, several stories about the uh, fires that have resulted from rear-end collisions. Mm. That additional metal might uh, keep the uh, rear gas tank from, you know, blowing up. Service to give it more protection. I mean, a proper skid would be the way to go, of course. But uh, I think I <laughs> probably wind up spending as much for a skid as I'd be paying paying for this uh, this uh, bumper and spare tire carrier. I'm just well, blown they, away by
3: the price. It just blows. Yeah, I, random, I am too. Spirit. And um, you know, we're. Bringing this stuff out to the masses here, I mean, you people out there, you're probably doing some uh, hunting and searching for a spare tire carrier for yourself, uh, looking at, you know, uh, swing-away tire carrier bumpers and and whatnot, and immediately cringing because most of them out there oh are, are over $1,000. Yes. Uh, and here's a solution. Oh, for- free shipping. Did you see the free shipping? <laughs> yeah. I didn't even yeah. think of – I mean, I didn't even mention
5: that. It's it's Amazon, so, you know, that's the free shipping king. So, we're talking 350 bucks for a a nice-looking – uh, really? Swing away tire carrier for your your
3: uh, YJ or TJ for three hundred and fifty bucks. Yeah, I I like this one, Tony. Um, you know, I'm not sure how much uh, you know. I don't know if you'd want to use it as as a recovery point. Um, it looks like it's uh, it, it it mounts up pretty strong and everything. Um, I I can't honestly just you know looking on the computer and everything see anything that I really want to pick at uh, on the that second option. Nothing stands out, does it? I yeah, mean, nothing, really nothing screams no. Yeah, I'm looking at the welds. You know, the welds look beefy. They look like it's done on a jig, um, you know, or, or some, some kind of, a, uh, you know, a setup where they, you know, it's repeatable and whatever. Very quality, good welds. Uh, the finish on these things look great as well. Um, it doesn't hang way off the ba- off the back of the Jeep. Um, this one is tucked up nice. So, you know, your, your departure angle isn't going to be sacrificed too, too well. Um, I, I like this one.
5: Yeah, I was really impressed with it, and I wanted to. I thought while the show was going on, I thought, uh, "Hey, let me throw this into uh, campfire side chat and get your opinion, and uh, get the uh, uh, get your opinion out there, listening to us." Um, so uh, obviously, we'll put this into the show notes so you can uh, look it up yourself, and, and and obviously, it will be the uh, Amazon link that if you click it, we'll get uh, uh, get a little nickel or dime for you making this purchase. Uh, Wink, wink. <laughs> so I'll put them both up so you can look at uh, both of the ones that we're looking at. Uh, but yeah, a pole going. Uh, yeah, I was really surprised on this. Oh, this uh, the second one that uh, has the thinner uh, bumper, it does mm-hmm. not have the adjustment for the uh, the spare tire. It's a fixed location uh, for the spare tire, which is another thing that I liked about the the other one because it was adjustable.
3: It looks like um, the 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 vehicle pictured in this is also on thirty threes, maybe thirty twos. Um, I mean, looking like you could easily fit thirty five inch tires on that.
5: Oh yeah, I mean, looking at uh, one of the the images there on Amazon, they they show that from the top of the 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 tire mount to the bottom of the two inch receiver is thirty two inches, thirty two and one eighth of an inch. So that's more than enough room. You know, half of that was all oh, yeah. for the whatever size tire you have. Ah uh, thirty five I'm sure would fit on there, uh, absolutely. yeah, so that that's not really an issue., uh, it's just uh, what do you want? You want a, a thin bumper or a, a thicker bumper, so, yeah, anyway, uh, I was uh, advising my uh, my daughter she might want to look at this, and then I got looking at it, and I, you know, I had plans on building a bumper because they're just so damn expensive yeah. and uh, get a welder and learn how to weld and blah 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 blah. And then I saw this and I went, I can't. I can't build something like that for no, three hundred and fifty no. bucks. You really can't. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, if I was making a bunch of them and I had the, a
3: bunch of the parts, sure. But just making one? No way. No, not a chance. Well, good find, Tony, and I'm, I'm glad you, you brought it out on the show uh, because I'm sure that there are a few people out there listening right now that are thinking to themselves, yeah, I can afford that bumper, <laughs> not the one that I was looking at earlier. Yeah. So, yeah, they'll definitely get you out on the trails, get you wheeling, and definitely change the look of your Jeep for the better. Oh, and it uh, gets the weight off of your tailgate
5: and maybe not cracking yeah. those uh, those, uh, hinges. those hinges. Yeah, another, another plus.
3: Well, you want to join in on the Camp Fireside chat, give your two cents, chime in on the fun, go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, find out all the ways you can reach out to us. Now, let's get into some events from around the world and maybe in your neck of the woods as well. Also, be sure to let us know about your event, an event that you know about or an event that you are planning, especially if you are uh, a promoter or a planner of an event. Let us know at least a couple weeks in advance so we can get that out there. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com dot com slash contact click and fill out our wheeling wear form all the information you fill in in there will go out to our listeners coming up March 15th through the 18th all weekend long folks Low Country Wranglers presents St. Patrick's Day at River Rock ORV Park this will be at the River Rock ORV Park in Millid, uh, Millid, Millid, Good Lord, Millageville Georgia Let's try that again Midgetville I like Midgetville <laughs> Mill Edgeville. There we go. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Anyways, March fifteenth through the eighteenth. Uh, this is going to be um, a really good show. Uh, all helping out a um, uh, helping out it goes to a good cause. Uh, helping out some uh, with some medical bills for a girl that was diagnosed with liver failure. Uh, so I definitely want to help that out have for the uh, the first annual Lone Star Jeep in- invasion we heard about that earlier in the show March 23rd is when it's happening at the Lone Star Convention Center in Conroe Texas Tony will be going to that and giving us a uh, a play-by-play account when he's all said and done looking forward to that of course for more information on these events or any others please click the link a visit and uh, the Jeep talk show website click the link in the show notes for this episode and you can get all the info that you need that's it for the show for this week my fellow jeeper until next week be sure to tell a friend if you don't it's the same as slashing our tires and as always thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded jeep podcast here's a fun fact if you could drive your jeep straight up into the air it would take you about an hour to get to outer space let that sink in the next time you're on a road trip in uh, hour three of are we there yet
7: podcasting since 2010